0: Bloop, bloop bloop.
1: Acknowledged bloop. <laughs> Your yeah. bloop. Ha ha. Your S- bloop sending, has been received. Ha ha
0: sending bloop.
1: Sending bloops. One moment, please. I'm having trouble connecting to the internet. Beep, boop, 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 beep, boop. This is taking too long. Actually he does it in a lower voice. I, I went and rewatched uh went and rewatched uh the, the Jedi one with the Lerman. The way he actually oh. says it is,
0: "This is taking too long." Oh, it's a lot scarier that way.
1: But then the little guys go, "Roger, Roger," just like we roger, do. Roger, Roger. <laughs> like the Lerman, they're so wise and peaceful. But then they learn. Sometimes you got to fight. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that what the Lerman learned? That's the learnings of the Lerman. The Lerman learnings. <laughs> oh, oh no, boy, you are. John, I've had a progression and a regression, and I'd like to share it with you. It just, it just occurred to me as I've been trying to make my computer work. Okay. It's a progression and a regression.
0: Yeah, sure. For, the, are you asking me whether I want to hear the progression or the regression first? I haven't really it,
1: thought about it enough to know if I have to tell it in a certain order, but I feel like I should start with the progression. Yeah, okay. Let's is that do okay?
0: That. Yeah, sure,
1: sure. I think I've gotten a lot better at taking time off, which to an ordinary person sounds very eye-rolly, Except that my career, such as it is for the last 20 years, has involved like this. Uh, I'm kind of always working a little bit. Uh, my job is not hard, but it's always happening. And I need to know what's going on in the world. And, uh, and yeah, that sure. voice,
0: too. Yeah, sure, sure. No, I've heard it a lot.
1: It's the vo- Well, it's the voice in and outside my head. <laughs> I mean, it is shoes from different various aspects of my head. <laughs> but uh, I think I've gotten Why better. don't you use it? Oh! Oh, my God. I can't believe I liked that band for an EP and an album. They were so bad.
0: <laughs> wow, tough talk. Uh, well, I mean, does it records. have to be
1: Seven and the Ragged Tiger?
0: No, that was where it all went off the rails. Experience.
1: I didn't like Fleck, Fleck, Flex, Fleck, Flex either. Mm-hmm. I didn't love You To A Kill. I thought I brought out the worst of Simon LeBond's mm-hmm. singing.
0: I think you're, all your all your points are on point.
1: But I, but... I, loved, I loved the... Um, I love the planet Earth stuff, and, and I enjoyed I enjoyed Rio.
0: The Chauffeur, one of the great songs. None of the Funny lyrics
1: dress Don't read too deeply. Blue silver. Never heard <laughs> it. Never. Say <sang laughs> blue silver. Uh, Did you ever sing blue silver, John? Be
0: honest. <laughs> you know, I covered blue silver for a whole season played so, it live. Is that, what? you talking about colloidal silver? What are you talking about? You covered mm. the chauffeur? I did multiple times uh, in the very, very early long winter's days. Sean You've Nelson and I would do it. got to be, oh God, that must have been sublime. I know. Before we even started doing Only Live in Boy in New York, we did blue Ugh. silver. No, no, uh, the chauffeur.
1: The chauffeur, get your train right on time.
0: <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> That's as close as Paul Simon ever got to saying something nice about someone,
0: I think. Oh, interesting. He said something. I hope you're happy
1: with Candy Bergen breaking up the group. Uh, That's what it's about, right? Isn't it about art? Sorry. Hello. Welcome to Art Art. on the Line. It's a wide-ranging discussion of technology (laughs) and voices in and outside one's head, and the work of Art Garfunkel. Welcome.
0: Yeah, art went away. Art, uh, art went to art do the, uh, the sexy
1: movie with what's what's her head and yeah, How uh, I won
0: the war. Yeah.
1: No, right, with uh, that was uh, Lester Bangs directed that.
0: Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Leonid that's Brezhnev <laughs> and uh, and Mick <laughs> Jagger and Bruce did it. A... <laughs> <Lester. laughs> <laughs> oh, dear, dear, dear. Cheesecake, I don't like it. <laughs> so, so white what... sauce not a problem. <laughs> not a problem. <laughs> serve it right on a garbage can lid. <laughs>
1: That's based on a meal I used to get in Tallahassee. They would just uh, serve. Was it? It's called something like like Latino breakfast. <laughs> it was like comida <laughs> de los latinos, and yes. it was just a big plate of stuff with white sauce on it.
0: Yeah, I loved platter.
1: it. You just get, I thought I asked for a, I thought I asked for a large spoon. <laughs> Who do I have to blow to get a decent spoon here? So, so what had happened so you've was... So have been progressing. Yeah, but he'd gone off to work on... What's, what's the movie? Is it a Mike Nichols movie, I want to say?
0: Yeah, Mike Nichols. It was the uh, Catch-22. Uh, no, no. Yeah. I thought he was going off Ar- Ar- to Ar- be with Candy
1: Bergen in the sexy movie.
0: Oh, yeah, the sexy movie. Art Garfunkel. Artie.
1: Goal. Artemis. Artemis. Uh, uh, Art Garfunkel. I know it's not five easy pieces. It's... Art Garfunkel Gar- Far- was movies. not in Five Easy Pieces. Nope, nope, nope. But I've been going through a Hal Ashby Wanna, thing. want you
0: to put it between your knees. Now hold
1: it between your knees. <laughs> he was... <all> blah. <laughs> I'm the only living <laughs> boy not of the blah. night in New York. Maybe not in all of the boroughs, but at least here where I reside. Blah. Short fuse, bad timing. One, Carnal, two, knowledge. Carnal knowledge. Carnal knowledge. Carnal knowledge ha, ha, ha. Uh, One, two, knowledge. three. Knowledge, that's right. Uh, nice guy Sandy, played by Art Garfunkel, and charming schemer Jonathan, played by uh, Jack Nicholson, meet his college roommates in the late 40s. Mm. Sandy woos and eventually marries the sweetly virginal Susan, played
0: by Candace Bergen. Sure.
1: Without, oh, spoilers. And it is Mike Nichols.
0: Yeah, Mike Nichols. Whew. Boy, I'm glad we got there. You know, uh, only living boy in New York, Art Garfunkel... These are all... And uh, and,
1: and, and Sean kind of looks like Sean, like John, like our Carfunkel.
0: He does. You know, this was the song that Amy Mann and I played together in Central Park for Artie and Paul. <laughs> and That's a lot Meryl, of pressure. Mayor Bloomberg. What? Bo- Bloomberg. Bloomberg. It was a lot of pressure. He's a little guy. The, he
1: probably has to oh, hold up a pennant like a tour guide so people they're know all little he guy. Is.
0: You, you know, the, uh, the, me, the Paul the Simons. I'm
1: down here. Hey, everybody.
0: Oh, oh, here's the crazy thing. This is the thing. I don't know if you knew this. Oh. Have we talked about this? You know, you look (laughs) at—I don't Um, know—I don't think so. What is it? You look at Paul and Artie standing next to each other. You think Artie's six foot five. Oh, you told me—you did tell me this. Tell tell the tell the listeners this again,
1: because we know it is known that Paul Simon is uh, a—he's—he's a little hobbity.
0: He's a small man.
1: Hey, Google, how tall is Paul Simon? Paul Simon is five feet three inches. He's five foot
0: three inches tall. Right. So you look at. You look at the uh, the picture of the two of them, where he's looking over the top of uh, of Paul's head, uh-huh. and you think Art Garfunkel's got to be six foot five. Art they probably Garfunkel- took they
1: probably took a lot of photos for that cover, and, and they yeah. probably picked that one for a reason.
0: He's five nine. That's so. That's my height, John. Artie is five
1: nine. Ugh. that's so. I mean, he looks like you know. I keep track of celebrity heights. I have a spreadsheet. I, I I'm going to add it to it now. I'm gonna do it right now. I'm going do I don't usually use the internet. I'm gonna go to my celebrity height spreadsheet, which is really turning into quite an affair. Uh-huh. Um, but uh, yeah, yeah. So, so he's the same height as me, which is also roughly the same height as I believe Justin Thoreau, the actor. Mm. Okay. Uh huh. I would have guessed but, him to but, be at least six one.
0: Well, so I'm standing. Uh, I'm standing next to the stage here at the show uh, where we're performing for uh, for Paul and Artie and for the mayor. My God. And I've got a picture of Bloomberg and Garfunkel standing (laughs) there talking. Bloomberg and Garfunkel (laughs) standing there talking. Bloomberg's 5'7", Artie's 5'9", and they both are like not I mean, I th- I think of Art Garfunkel as a towering figure, but not just uh, in history, but you know, in Well, like, you get used to
1: that Tom and Jerry, you know, they used to be called that setup of seeing them on stage, sometimes sitting on stools. But yeah. I mean it really it's a forced perspective type situation mm. because I mean it's Paul's not like misshapenly small. No. Well I'm sorry, but, I don't want to say kind, but he comes mm-hmm. across as i would guess Paul Simon's five 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 six and I would have guessed that Artie not even including hair, is at least six one.
0: Paul's more diminutive, but the thing was, Sean and I did that Paul and Artie thing in our own act. I first saw that at Great American, and I loved when you guys did that. Yeah, I love that. I love that record. Sean is six foot five without the hair. Yep, he's six foot ninety two and eleven with the hair. Mm-hmm. And then you he's know, not sick, I'm, but he's not well. I'm six three, or at least I was before all of the spinal compression that's happened in the last. Couple of years just from carrying the weight of the world. Yes, uh, but yeah, I could tell. So.
1: I could tell it comes across.
0: I know, I know. Anyway, you 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 you've recently had a progression and a regression. My progression is, I think,
1: I have. And this is uh, this is going to, again, sound like what, what Alex and I call the chicken problem. Like, why do you even think about this stuff? Well, because I hear the voices of the internet in my head. Uh, geez, what's so hard about your job? And do you really need a weekend off? Well, you know, I'm kind of healing from something mm-hmm. that I'm just barely, slightly starting to talk about with people. But, um, a li- lifetime of heartbreak? And really the spinal compression of, of the world. Yeah. You know? It's a heavy backpack, uh, but, uh, but my progression is, I think I've gotten way better at like saying, okay, now I'm, I'm away from whatever the world is. Like I'm away from the news. I'm, I'm away from obligations. I'm away from like, and I'm not afraid to punt this thing into the future a little bit with, with mindfulness. It's something I want to do that. I will do that blah, 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 but you know what the, the regression is that th- my Mondays get kind of, uh, like a spine, it gets compressed. So so, I updated. The reason we're late today, and I thank you for accommodating me, is sure. that uh, you know I had to update my system, and then I was beach balling, which is not as fun as it sounds.
0: Uh, even your system.
1: No, it's not just us. It's not just us. Normies. Oh no no no! It's not. It's not you people with lives. It's, it's it, not, not, not even the rain,
0: and you know had such small hands. Yeah, but that. But you don't think John Circusa, Circusa. ever has uh, a beach ball? Do you? Isn't his system so so tightly wound that that it takes what, no hits, time. what he's
1: working toward if he could get proper ecc ram in yeah. that thing and and make sure that and he could finally put in the gpus that he'd like to put in he liked it when ecc ram had lights that lit up that you could actually see if it was doing the full memory I protection like too. you know on the fab yeah. so uh yeah i think i think we all suffer We'll, we'll, yeah. we'll suffer for fashion or whatever.
0: Yeah, 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 sure. But I, I mean, I just think about, I just think and about. You think to yourself, he's a guy who shit, and the let, let j-
1: j- jokes of are just stepping half, one foot out the door. Uh, he wires his shit so tight and he cares so much. And he he's very, I, I, I never want to say this disparagingly, like, like real talk. No, but no, like no, he sure. is, I'll, I'll use a medical term, fussy, about making sure that his hey. stuff is the best that it can be. Right. This is why he always wants to be right
0: in part. Okay, sure, sure. I and can he's relate often to not. That. Yeah. Yeah, also, I'm not often right. Or often I'm not right. What do you really feel
1: like, is that a progression or a regression? Be honest.
0: Who, with you? E- no, e- I do. I think that... You coming around? It's, it's one thing to say, uh, I set my uh, phone on do not disturb. Mm-hmm. It's another thing to say, I'm going to give my full attention to what this other thing I'm doing and not be have half you, my have, mind always that, on the that
1: so very well john and it's it's so elusive uh, and in my struggles to try and explain exactly what the hell i meant by inbox zero what what i finally arrived at seemingly unrelated what i finally arrived at was zero is the amount of your attention that's somewhere where you don't prefer it to be right now which is not easy. It's not simple. But like the inbox part of inbox zero is like you have to develop a more wholesome relationship with something that you don't have control over. And that could, emphasis on the word could, could disrupt whatever your your day, your plans, your life are. And that feeling of like I've got to keep checking in to feel safe. Uh, well, welcome to having ADHD. That's just what it feels like is constantly scanning the horizon. And it takes such a muscular in my experience takes such a muscular for, m- muscular mindful uh applied attempt to say i'm going to work on that i'm going to work on really being away when i'm away i'm going to define what that means and i'm going to i'm going to put up more than imagine no line i'm going to i'm going to put up a real defense against the world and more saliently i'm going to put up a defense where my mind w- will not find itself constantly Either actively going to that thing or thinking about going to that thing.
0: Yeah, I think. Do you feel like that? I mean, like that's
1: a long one for me, but is is that part of it? Isn't it?
0: Well, it it is. I was talking to my sister. You you can still go
1: look anytime you want. The D and D does not
0: make the world go away. You still might want to peek in and see if you got any badges. Susan says that she, you know, she splits up her day because she knows her mind is going to go places, and she's she knows sometimes her mind is going to go places that she doesn't that that's not where she wants it or she, she doesn't want to always be going back, you know, uh, picking at a scab or whatever. Yeah. So she actually sets aside time in her day to go sit and, and churn on, uh, she calls it her wine time and not W I N E, but W H I N E. The ultimate white wine. W H I N E. She goes and and just, and actually like sits and grinds on, uh, on things that otherwise would be constantly intruding in her thoughts all day. Right, and,
1: and it's, uh, uh, it's it's in part why it's very much uh, related to mindfulness for me, but it's it's also something I've come to think of as office hours with myself. Like if you're a professor and you have office hours, you don't get to pick who comes in and what they ask about, but mm-hmm. you accept that. You say like, well, here's where office hours start and here's where office hours end, and it's a similar thing to what I do when I'm falling asleep, where I say, okay, everybody, have your freakout time, run around. I'm just going to watch you run around, but that doesn't mean I have to chase you. Even <laughs> doves have pride
0: even doves have pride I was just about to say that thank you yeah <clears throat> I uh, I'm I, I'm working on it all the time I mean it's all it's all also it's not a I it's not about don't read the comments anymore for me in a way it's having read so many comments <laughs> that's I know, the chick,
1: that's the chicken problem <laughs> voice in your head you can I, <laughs> preemptively know what you expect the person you like and respect least is going to say publicly about you
0: and I feel like we all collectively as a culture <clears throat> are now <laughs> arriving at a place where having each of us seen 10,000 comments under, <laughs> you know, under a, a, a 30 second post of a dog riding a skateboard, 10,000 comments. It must be nice uh, to be able
1: to afford a dog.
0: Yeah. Like, oh, uh, do you really think that's safe? Like, who? what kind of dog hater are you? And like, oh, well, sure. You know, I can tell Palestine. from his dog's eyes that he's not vegan. Yeah, like over and over and over. I can see your social security number reflected in your toothbrush <laughs> holder. And then all the people who are like, seriously, you know, is this all you have to do all day is comment shitty things on the Internet, says I, yeah. with nothing else to do today. And the the collective mass of it. Yeah. I think now,
1: none even, of us... Even, fair to say, even if it was weeks, months, years ago, the sort of like pseudo mini trauma of that being visited on your life as something that you now carry around with you.
0: But I, but I really do feel like the, like the, the, and I, you can never see it in time, in in actual time, but I really do feel like the, Mm -hmm. the, the, the scale has tipped and we're now just living in the, in the sort of dregs of that era And when we look back, we're going to say, oh yeah, by 2024, it had started to, that that wasn't the world anymore. And Mm -hmm. at at our current moment, it still feels like the world. But you're seeing seeing leading indicators of that direction. I just feel like (laughs) if, 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 if I don't think that you can have an internet pile on the way you could three years ago, I don't think you can have a outrage storm the way you could 3 years ago. I think that there's just too much else. Everybody's had the experience now of of seeing somebody they like or of going to something they know is cool and seeing 10,000 comments taking a shit on it. For some reason Instagram thinks that I want to watch baseball highlights <laughs> and I I continue to affirm that to Instagram by clicking on baseball highlights because it turns out I did want to watch you know, like little I, I, 15 seconds I, I, of I like those like summaries of the game where just stuff happens. Yeah.
1: I uh, like that more than like a three hour commercial you know, the,
0: filled evening. The little ones that are like, check out this pitch. And then a guy throws a pitch. And I was like, I'm glad I saw that. That was great. That was a good pitch. Moving on. But, but you know, then underneath, it's just like, it's just, uh, there's so much to say about, apparently about a 15 second baseball clip and people getting into big fights about it. And you just go – not very long ago, I saw some guy on Instagram who was doing these really hyper-cut-up videos. Uh, I, I guess it's a TikTok style or something. He's yeah, just yeah, like yeah. T- 10 edits a second. And what he, what, he, what he was doing was like, hey, don't throw away your old coffee grinds. Put them in the blender with some honey and some, some hummus and then stick it up your nose and take a bath. And at the end, you'll be able to, you'll you'll be able to lay. Well, of course, it didn't work. You forgot to hold your breath. But he's got he's got this style, right? He's just got uh he's and and you could see. Looks like, like kind of like health stuff, life hack stuff, life like hack surprising stuff, stuff in your life you're stuff. overlooking. Here's how to take care of your house plants with the with the banana peels that you saved when you thought you were going to make banana bread. Yeah, and I I in a very short amount of time watched this guy go from a guy who really thought that this was fun and he was having fun doing it to somebody who was who who was gaining a ton of followers and he was really excited about his new career right to a guy who was reading the comments and was wow, really right. upset and you could see it in his presentation he he started doing videos where he was like, "I'm just a guy trying to do good in the world and the, you know so he went straight there there's there's right some there. that I watch to find a funny
1: way to do it where they'll be like, "Yes, and I know a lot of you are going to say "What about the change to this and blah 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 and they'll like kind of do it in passing, but once you start doing sort of bespoke dedicated videos about how you're misunderstood, it's hard not to feel like you're losing
0: it happens so fast and and you know I didn't I didn't I, I don't dislike that, that cycle's getting shorter now <laughs> I, I don't care either way he seemed nice yeah. he, he's got a he's got a nice house and I do believe that if you put honey and mucus into a bowl and feed it to your venus flytrap yeah that it's good for the world I guess mm-hmm. it's like um but watching him get so sad because and you could see, I never really read he his wouldn't conference. have done that if his head
1: wasn't bursting with that
0: stuff and that's the thing. And and I never saw the comments themselves, but I knew exactly what they were because of the videos he was posting where he was like, I mean, you know, I have to, I have to talk that fast because it's what drives engagement. And I was just like, oh, no, 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 no. And I feel like he's maybe the last one that, that is going to fall into that trap. Cause the rest of now I read them, you could say the worst thing about me now and and i'm i'm cauterized because i just know that uh, yeah and you're, you're over saying that same thing on baseball videos a lot of people like, say a lot of things is a phrase i use a lot a lot of things yeah. but that i think was mm-hmm. a part of my attention that was 10% of even my when you weren't looking at it for a decade yeah well max temkin
1: <laughs> also used to say i wake up every morning finding out who's mad at me To which my rejoinder was, well, mine is similar, which is I wake up every morning in desperate fear of who I never realized I was disappointing. And there's always somebody there to tell you, hi, you don't know who I am, uh, but I used to like you and now I'm disappointed by you. Which is is more of a bummer than it might seem. Yeah. It's a very it's a very in my I I personally would never do that with somebody personally, but like m- maybe that's cuz of the color of my crystal, but like it's such a bummer when the first time you're aware of someone's existence is when they're saying something um uh, that's that's kind of not really true and is kind of deliberately misunderstanding
0: what your deal is. Yeah. Yeah, or <clears throat> or it doesn't even occur to them to understand what your deal is. Like they they couldn't be less interested in.
1: Yeah, well, I you, I you know. said that thing that Dave Dave Eggers said to you purportedly, yeah. which is don't look at the comments; they're not for you. Yeah, and I do th- I think about that a lot, and and just in the broadest broadest possible way, uh, I just there's a question I ask myself, which is admittedly probably some somewhat privileged or maybe even arrogant thing, which is. Anytime I look at a new source of information or consider, you know, looking at something new or more saliently, again, integrating a new source of information into my life, I have a, I'm pretty basic. And I ask myself a question that has parts, which is based on this information that I'm getting, what will I see, think, or do differently? And how will this positively affect The way I look at that stack, because that's the way, at least in my dumb mental model, you see the world, however you see the world, you think about the world, however you think about the world, and then you decide to do things differently as a result of that. And and that maybe that makes me an old man, which I am. But like, there's a lot of times where I'm like, it's just difficult for me to understand how this becomes a wholesome source of decision making in my life. And I think that's so, when I'm when I'm given things about the Kardashians or about who Taylor Swift's boyfriend is and what kind of birthday party she's playing. And I have nothing against any of those people in any no, way. No. But that is not that is not nutritional information from me for me. And it really crowds out what could be more useful information for me and how I can make my life better.
0: So it seems to me that you've 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 explained your Progression, but what's your regression? Or was that your regression? And what's
1: your progression? My regression was if I got good at this, if I got tightly wound about my productivity world again, I would be able to do stuff like, I mean, obviously the, the clue is right in front of us here is like, oh, yeah, well, when it occurs to me that I need, I know I knew last week that I had an update to run on here and I didn't run it. I didn't come to the office all weekend except to take stuff off the 3D printing bed so I could print a new thing. I didn't do any work this weekend for reasons you understand, um, in part. But uh, it's if I were more tightly wound, and I, I'm putting that negatively, but if I were better from a productivity, strictly speaking, productivity standpoint, I would need to capture that in my trusted system and say, hey, starting after this date, do this kind of thing. I could have done that on Sunday. I need to learn that when I wake up on Monday and I'm cock of the walk, I got to be careful where my dopamine takes me because I can get real wound up. And even though I got up at like 7.15 today, I wake up early now, it's a thing. And um, oh. I was doing stuff, but like still I pull it up to the last minute and I, I've got 45 minutes before we start recording or an hour before we start recording. I'm like, oh, it's okay. I'll run this you know, latest system update, which you know, <laughs> it's, I'm, not, I'm not doing the usual joke about that unless I am, but no, like, usually that's fine, except when it's not. And then that's inconveniencing other people and I should have planned better. With that, but I'll take. I at this point in my life, add all the asterisks and apologies you want. I it's much more valuable to me to build better boundaries uh, about the various aspects of my life, just for my own health and sanity. Living
0: well is the best revenge.
1: Living well is the best revenge, even if you don't specifically take. Oh my God, I watched such a good video about revenge. Oh. David Fincher does this series on Netflix called Voir V O I R. You'd yeah. never notice that it's David Fincher unless you went into it. But there's this guy I like a lot, Tony Zhao. This guy who used to do this wonderful YouTube channel, one of my all-time favorite YouTube channels, called Every Frame of Painting, where he talks about movie stuff in in detail, short videos like how to do comedy, like why Edgar Wright is better at comedy than other people, why Jackie Chan is better at action scenes than other people, and how you know Hitchcock blocks a scene and stuff like that. And it was all about. Um, Vengeance for what's it called lit Vengeance for lady. It's one of those uh, that one guy, that South Korean director I, I like. He had that like revenge trilogy, and Hell how yeah. revenge movies. And I think he did old old boy as well. It's, yeah. It like enables you to a good movie. I don't know why I'm telling you this, except it does. It is apropos of revenge, and revenge is a dish uh, uh, best served uh, South Korean.
0: Yes, <laughs> I've heard that many times. It's called mabimbab revenge. <laughs> I used to love that show. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Sigh.
1: Turn, 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 and so that's that's where I am today. I've got that. I've got. Um, let's see. Oh, did you get my? Did you get my screen grab? So it's
0: very confusing to me that Linda Hunt and well, can, Kristen... can I describe
1: what you're looking at? Just because these listeners on this program may not know. May I describe? Oh yeah, go ahead. John, I sent John a five or six column, seven column spreadsheet that I maintain, which. Basically has an actor or, you know, a public person, usually an actor in a role. You can see this got hot during like succession and leftovers. Um, and then uh, according to Google anyway, how tall they are sorted by height. And, and just, just to keep us honest, the, 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 high, the highest height, the tallest tall is, of course, the great Robert, Robert Pershing Wadlow.
0: Tallest man in the world. Tallest, tallest man in
1: the world, eight eleven. And then you remember that photo, that freaky photo. With all respect, in of, of Lu, Lu, Lucia Zárate, who was one foot eight. Yes. Like they called her, you know, the living doll or whatever. Yes. And yeah, Linda Hunt's just just a tick above there,
0: huh? Well, but so she's four nine. Correct. Kristen Bell is five one. They're yeah. only they're only separated by uh, by three inches, or whatever. Yeah. Huh. What is that? Yeah. 11, yeah. And I think of uh, them as being very different in height. I think of Linda Hunt as being very a different, small. A different order of height. Yeah. And Kristen Bell being, you know, like, a I uh, I guess it's Yeah, I would describe her, you know, you get like work. a
1: three-quarter size cello. I think of her as kind of a three-quarter size person, where she's proportional to to a typical person, but she's just on the little side.
0: Holly Hunter and Paul Simon, only an inch apart. Mm-hmm. The great Hollywood man Hunter. walks down
1: the street, wants to be in raising <laughs> Arizona. Oh, oh. Uh,
0: Kieran Culkin, because you were in your succession uh, Era. mood. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, he is the same height as Justine Lupo. That's right. Who's who's Willa on, on who, succession? Who is that? Who is that? Willa is, do you remember the
1: super cute girlfriend that he didn't deserve with the big hair? She's in the family photos with them. Justine Oh wait! I'm sorry. No, no, no. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I apologize. That was Caitlin Fitzgerald plays Tabitha. Um, Willa is uh, um, is Alan Ruck's wife. Oh yeah. Okay. Good. Good. Yeah. Good. Good. Uh, right. Never comes up on the show. Now Fisher Stevens, who plays Hugo, <laughs> he, he's uh, he's uh, just under five seven. Same yeah, as Amy all- Schumer.
0: Yeah. I, it's amazing. It's amazing. These little artifacts. Of your life where it's like oh yeah succession Uh, (laughs) yeah remember i
1: I add them whenever i add them you see i've added Artie and polly here but like i'll tell you a crazy one look at 14 15 16 hugh laurie dev patel and julia child are the same height exactly isn't that
0: dev patel is so
1: much taller than i thought yeah um uh, Hugh Laurie is a little taller than I thought. But again, now Stephen Fry, for comparison, Fry and Laurie, he's, uh, he's, he's 6'5", which is a lot bigger.
0: But then Julia Child, she's a big lady. She was? Big personality. A big personality. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I wouldn't have thought Dev Patel was that tall because I, I don't know if I know who Dev Patel is. But I do. He's terrific. He's, he's in,
1: he? uh, he's in uh, like The Green Knight. He's in those Wes Anderson movies on Netflix. Oh, he's, I have uh, seen those. Those are cute. Oh, my God. Oh my God! Did you see the rat? The rat catcher. I did. Holy
0: shit! I love that. So great! In fact, all of that, all of, all of those you. little guys are how I convinced my daughter to watch <gasps> Moonrise Kingdom. Oh my God!
1: And can please consider Grand Budapest Hotel, which I think might be his best movie.
0: Well, so I, you know, I, I showed her. Um, wow, Rushmore. Moonrise Kingdom. Yeah, wow. I showed her Rushmore, and she was like, mm, yeah. no, yeah," and. And she, of course, she liked the one about the the rabbit and the wolf and the and the.
1: My pup- one of my all-time puppets. favorite movies, Fantastic Mr. Fox.
0: That's the one. Boom,
1: boom, boom, boom. Born on a mountaintop. In I've seen but that she, movie so
0: many times. She only watched it when she was much littler. I can't. Canis lupus, vulpus, vulpus. <laughs> Sorry, but she but she watched uh, Moonrise Kingdom, and you know it's maybe the first time that there was a movie about kids her age yeah yeah that she was watching in real time although it was made by adults mm-hmm. uh, there was a lot of food for thought
1: oh, but it's very it's got that feeling of those kind of like for me a movie like a little romance when i was a kid that like give me kind of like slightly wobbly feelings not in a sex way but in a like oh there's this big world out there and darn it kids my age are Getting exposure to it. Yeah. Dancing yeah. in your underwear with the record player playing. How cute is that? Yeah, it's pretty cute, but it's also... Woo! Yeah, I know. It is it is it is a lot, um, but that's a good one. You know, I wonder if she'd like... No, Life Aquatic might be a bit too much. You think Grand Budapest Hotel has... Uh... Grand Budapest Hotel is my favorite Wes Anderson movie, and I, I like them all. Isle yeah. of Dogs is good. Isle of Dogs is fantastic, but it might be... When I first saw it, I first went and saw it on my own because at that age, I was like, I don't know, it's it's kind of a lot. It's got some like scary, like dogs have rabies stuff, but I love dogs is really good.
0: Okay, all right.
1: What's you? Do you have a favorite? Do you have one you like, or one that like for me? Obviously, Rushmore was the one that kicked it off for me. But do you have? Uh, do
0: oh you have yeah, one? it's obviously it's um, it's. Um, it's the one the, where, where where Sean and I went to see it together on tour, and we walked out, and he was like, "That's basically the story of your dad." And I was like, "Yeah, but we oh, didn't, fucking have, we didn't tenan- have any money." Royal Tenenbaums. Yeah.
1: <clears throat> yeah, that's
0: a hell of a movie. Now that that movie's a lot.
1: The needle yeah. in the hay scene can be a bit much. It's a lot. It's yeah. a lot.
0: But the but the but it's a great. I mean, it's a movie that got inside me. I just said friskulating dusklight to somebody the other day. When you, you never like, guess, like if you see the
1: trailer and you see the posters and you see like you know ari and uzi and they all have matching track suits you never i find that movie for at, let me just say i want to stipulate as with david fincher i fucking had it with people who are like oh this style is cold there's no emotion in this i'm like are you watching the same movie i am mm. like when you watch a wes anderson you don't you can watch grand Bud- budapest hotel and think that it's like too mannered just because he does these 90 degree whip pans like <laughs> Like, I I get, I feel a lot of feelings when I watch those movies. And Royal Tenenbaums, it's, it's really, it slips in a lot of emotional impact with some pretty wackadoo characters.
0: I wonder how much that is that you and I grew up in a time when wackadoo was the way we got to emotion especially in, in uh,
1: somebody, uh, my sing my probably I, you could argue maybe some days it's Monty Python, most days David Letterman, my biggest influence right. in yeah, terms of too. like what I loved and what I ended up stealing. Um, and so just completely uh, steeped in irony before the 90s. <laughs> like my, my thesis sponsor actually gave me stick about it. It was like, well, you got all these problems with TV commercials and the Cosby show, but have you considered applying that same, you know, cultural studies critical eye to Letterman? And it's like, oh boy, Ooh. that really does kind of screw up my deal because I actually like he's funny. He's yeah. like, yeah, I know you think he's funny, but like it's all ironic, and he runs commercials like everyone else. So how does that work out? But like, yeah, you know, is that fair to say though? In in, in an era, a time just so suffused with irony,
0: irony in the usual like classical sense, but also in the sense of like distance. Well, that's the thing. I I, I look at the Gong Show sometimes mm-hmm. and Letterman and and and. Yeah, absolutely. Like that, all that British comedy in terms of the fact that, you know, w- when, when people started talking about the new sincerity, right about <laughs> when I was, when Indie Rock I've heard say that is Jesse Thorne. Yeah. The new sincerity. <laughs> what the hell does that mean? <laughs> exactly. Uh-huh. Uh, but okay. I did, sure. I, you know, I, I was aware that, yeah, we were never once outwardly sincere. Uh, because we were ironic in everything. And David Letterman, you knew from the very beginning, Mm -hmm. David Letterman was really hurting inside. (laughs) He was really hurting inside. He still is to this day, really hurting. You're never going to know about it. You know, you're never going to hear him talk about it. Uh, Letterman is hurting and the way he's dealing with it is putting on a Velcro suit and throwing himself off of a three story building. And that's how I want to deal with my emotions too, as a as an eleven year old or a fourteen year old. And all of
1: this is like as a teenager. In retrospect, I wouldn't have put it this way at the time, but like when I got into Letterman in like ninth, tenth grade, um, when I could when I could catch it on weekends or Fridays, like it it would be like the way I would put it was like, well, I'm already. A snotty teenager and I think one way to define teenagers at least in my time was you're in keenly aware of what you don't like what you hate and who you aren't but you are very disconnected from what it is that you actually do care about which yeah. is normal but like that makes it so, such fodder for a slightly above average 14 year old to watch something again you know like Letterman and and that becomes part of your armor in some ways.
0: Oh, in every way, right? I mean, the whole the whole transformation that happened in me between ninth and eleventh grade, where I went from being a very very uh, soggy pile of dish towels to being <laughs> <in an> orange <laughs> suit. to being someone who was, you know, f- like feared and in some ways despised by my fellow teens and Frank Kufel, uh, and by Frank Kufel and by you know by well everyone I came in contact with was that Letterman had given me a shield and a sword <laughs> and wow. at first it was at first the shield was more important and then I real I dropped the shield after I realized how good I was with the sword. You will remember that one of my first
1: observations about you as we became friends was that for better or for worse you have an absolutely uncanny ability to zero straight in on something that somebody is vulnerable about vulnerable about maybe even something they don't know they're vulnerable about and you could you would
0: go straight in you were really good at that and i was too yeah and it and it is people that don't you know when you say that and i nod it's it's only because we both have been there a million times i'm not proud of it but it doesn't mean it didn't happen but the fact that it is a kind of seeing to meet somebody and within within a you know, just a blink of an eye, just understand yeah. what this person is most vulnerable about.
1: Their hair, their income, yeah, their background. There's some there's there's something about like where they're, they're you can tell they're extra sweaty about this one thing and you're like, yeah. Oh, that's your deal.
0: And and if you and I were immoral, we could it's have used cult <laughs> well, or we could have used that stuff to exploit people to to make money. We could have used that stuff to exploit people just yeah, as you say, start a cult, or you know, and instead we, we to, to get, were to
1: get people to to persuade people that it was their idea to do something that is at odds with their own
0: um, well-being. I think in my young years, I was such a, a wet pile of dish rags that it never would have occurred to me to use that ability to do anything other than to get those people uh, uh, to, to to neutralize them so they couldn't hurt me. Right. right, I wasn't trying to take their money, I wasn't trying to get them in bed, I wasn't trying to, to kind manipulate Kind of social people. and emotional blitzkrieg? Like, get their firstest with the mostest? Yeah, or at least just have it in my front pocket, like, hey, if you're going to turn on me, if you're going to fuck with me at all, I already know well, and to, the thing and to you're scared about. The, 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 the
1: quote about Milton Berle, I will take out just enough to beat you. Like, I, I don't I don't want to beat you senseless with this, but if you go there, I'm going to give you a glimpse Of what you're in for if you decide to go to war with me.
0: And I think for me between the ages of 17 and 23, that was a period where I was learning to get, it was like I had those laser beam eyes and I put on sunglasses, but I had, I had to learn how to calibrate that doing just what you're saying. Like Mm -hmm. I can't use it all every time. I cannot expend all remaining ordinance (laughs) on my coordinates every fucking time that somebody makes me scared. Yeah. Uh, And now I don't do it at all. Right. Like I don't do that. Hardly anything. I feel
1: like I really try to, if I could say, try to encourage people to talk about that thing that they're vulnerable about, but not in like, I'm not going to face you straight on and look you in the eyes way, but to let you know that this is, I'm not going to make the joke you've heard a million times. That's so big. Like, first of all, just not making the joke. Oh, you're procrastinate. Yeah, I keep meaning to get better. At the, okay. Like, d- d- oh, Merlin, like the wizard. Don't say the thing that that person's heard a million times about how they're fucked up. Like, just fucking listen to what they're saying and don't be a dick.
0: Yeah. Well, and I think for me, like, on stage with a bunch of comedy people all those years, it was always really easy for, for me, as the banter's going around, to... Throw something like that into the mix, like, well, you know, only one of us on stage is wearing lifts in his shoes, so let's, uh, you know, p- and then right, the one right, guy right. that's got lifts in his shoes gets beat red. But yeah, I wasn't I can control it, like probably, like yeah. But I wasn't trying to 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 injure anybody. It's just like we're in the game, mm-hmm. and um, and and even now, I th- I think even the f- even the funny stuff, I just am too. I just, I, it's like the comment section. I've just seen it hurt people accidentally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even when you're not trying. But yeah, that irony, it, yeah. I feel like the irony of the Wes Anderson movies, the reason it resonates with us so much is that we were, we we never showed our, you weren't supposed to show your real feelings or what you really cared about. That was the literally the opposite of what you were trying to do
1: when, life, when we were coming spe- up? especially as a, as an adult
0: i mean until until the new sincerity came along and made it okay to cry merlin oh is that that when, when was that do you have a date on that i feel like whoo boy yeah. i don't know hmm. i don't i i was there i just i was yes. drunk i don't remember hmm. the first time it was okay i appreciate your vulnerability yeah thanks <laughs> Yeah, I still don't, you know, I, my, my kid has a special relationship with me where I will be emotional around her, Yeah, but I, I'm not, it's not like I'm going to do that. You know, when we pull up somewhere and I'm sitting there in the car and I'm like, and I'm really emotional and she's kind of, you know, got her hand on my arm and she's, she's appointed herself to the role of like, it's okay, daddy. And then we both sort of look at each other and I z- zip it back up in the suit and go, okay, here we go, and out Oof. the door into the world. I find and, it so uh, hard to do. It's very hard. It's very yeah. hard to do. But I would never, you know, I don't. It's a, lot, it's a lot to put on somebody else.
1: Uh, and, and for, well, for me, like, you know, I was actually thinking in particular this morning about one of the bitterest and cruelest ironies of having a child that you deeply love as in like, I like this person. And I was thinking about how the time that I spent with that kid for the first four, five years of that kid's life feel like 20 years in a good way, mostly, right? Like I, so much happened. I was so actively focused on so many things. And you know, just the kids need you less, like once they go to school at least, but like the bitterest irony and like all the stuff and you know, he'll claim to remember stuff. But the flat fact of the matter is that kids are honestly rarely... Neurologically capable of actually, in a way we would think of as being a memory, remembering anything that happened before the age of five. Right. Wow. And like that is that's my 20 years with that kid. That's when. We develop so many things in our relationship where I'll watch, like, even just, like, I posted a video the other night of this, just moments where, uh, there's moments that you have with that kid. That kid doesn't remember fuck all. They'll say they remember, because in the same way that I don't remember my finger being slammed in a door at Wikiwachi Theme Park in this in the early 70s, there's no way I could remember that. I was three. I think I remember it, but I, I mainly remember it for being a story I've heard a bunch of times, I think. I'm not a, I'm not a neurologist, but wow. th- that's just that's, that's the bitter irony is the part where I imprinted on you, I mean, I'm kind of inverting the Lawrence thing here, but like where I imprinted on you as a person that I genuinely like and enjoy seeing change and grow was a period that you just don't have access to in your mind. Right. Right. Do you, you know what I'm saying? And there's just yeah. something about that that's so difficult where you're like, I don't know when you talk about driving up someplace with your kid and you're getting emotional, like, I don't know if it's something's going on in your head or something about where you are. But sometimes I am just overwhelmed with the honestly, sometimes ironies, just sometimes the changes, just being in a moment where I am experiencing a moment in like three or four different ways. I'm experiencing it, yeah, as a father. I'm experiencing it as a father of a 16 year old, but I'm also kind of experiencing it as the father of a four year old. Like the first time we ever took your photo, at this place we always take your photo. Like that, and I'm experiencing it increasingly as a child, as somebody whose parents had that same experience and how I don't talk to my mom as much as I should. And like that sometimes might be when you're watching Toy Story 2, or it might just be when you roll up to McDonald's and you get really overwhelmed by that, to me, personally, yeah. that feeling of those multiple roles, those multiple viewpoints, they're all very real, and they are utterly unsuited to somebody who's expected to just go through life like you're looking through a cardboard tube and experiencing what's happening at that moment. I find it very overwhelming, sometimes in a deeply human way.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I'd, uh, I... Uh, I'm in that in the same transition right now you know my dad and mom, I think worked really hard not to be like their parents, and it was easy for them not to be like their parents because their parents were sadists or maniacs right like they're they're probably were thinking
1: they're doing the best they can be doing, doing, they could right? yeah. doing they
0: could but the thing about my parents is they tried to do they tried not to be like their parents, but they didn't try not to be like their parents every day. It's not like that they thought in their head, what would my dad have done? I'm not going to do that. You know, like they generally wanted to be a, to make a better life for their kids. But But, but based on what they thought didn't go as well when they were kids. Well, no, just based on new technology and new awareness and how to be a good parent. And I'm not, you know, it, it's, it was easy for my mom not to go out for a pack of cigarettes and not come back. Like that's (laughs) not, that wasn't a challenge for her to be better than her dad. But, but I, when my daughter comes home with problems that I recognize from my own life, mm-hmm. I have that additional layer of, I remember what they told me when I came home with this exact same problem.
1: As and an explanation or a consolation.
0: Uh, no, it was always, I was always punished, right? I mean, <sighs> I, I, I came home and it was always a problem. So there was always a, a demerit. And that demerit was part of a tough love mentality. where preparing, preparing you for the real world. That's right. And they really believed in me at some level. And the way that they showed that was by just saddling me with demerits in order to, I guess, well, no, obviously to scare me into shaping up and conforming to the expectations and now she's just for the first time starting to come home with reports yeah um i didn't like, get this Things thing like on time things or, or,
1: like I, i'm gonna jump straight to like feeling left out of something
0: oh well the, that social stuff is is over here but and, no the first time that she ever brought home a piece of paper that said she had an assignment due that she had missed the deadline oh um, shit yeah and then, you know, another, another one in that kind of family where, and she started, she's been starting to complain, like, God, it's so hard to keep everything straight. Like, how do you remember all this stuff? And I was like, oh boy. Oh <laughs> if boy. I ever find out, I'll tell you. <laughs> oh boy. Oh boy. And, and so I'm, but, but her whole life I've been uh, very conscious of my childhood in a way that i think my mom and dad both spent most of their life trying to blot their childhood out and not revisit it on an hourly basis but we're the generation that first was introduced to our childhood as its own as a product that was being repackaged and and sold to us i guess we saw it happen to the boomers first Right. But but we're the ones that were, the boomers had their childhoods repackaged and sold to them. We were the ones that, that were doing that in real time. Like, I am a child. I am having this experience now. Like, I, I know this will one day be in a highlight reel. And so, yeah, I've spent, I've spent her whole life going, what would my parents have done? What would the schools have done? Hmm. What would I have heard? And how did that make me who I am? And what can I do to make her path but uh, like even just starting with continually being aware of it
1: is it's its own i mean honestly i think that's its own challenge is and and just for what it's worth i won't go on because i've talked a lot but like you're getting into something that has become a really big thing for me as i've started to address issues related to trauma as i've started to sort of rethink elements of like how things went and what the story was from various points in my youth and like one thing I walk away with and I'll look forward to a day when this is not the obvious takeaway, but the obvious takeaway of a huge amount of my childhood where I had a very loving, generous childhood by almost any standard. I was just, like everybody, I I, want to hear your side of this, I was just constantly being, no matter what happened, I was constantly being told what I had just done wrong, or what I'm doing wrong. And like, there even things, things that were meant to be encouraging, whether it was while I was learning an instrument, or, you know, or maybe it was with like struggling with uh, something in school that probably had something to do with my ADHD. But like, whatever it was, sort of to your point, it was always something I needed to work on because I screwed up. If somebody else in the world got sad, it was because of how I treated them. Like no matter what happened, I, I had stepped beyond my bounds and I felt like, I realized in retrospect at a point, like there was never an end to that. There was never a point where they go, I mean, you think about a movie like A Christmas Story and like that sweet moment where his mother is like, we won't tell your dad about your glasses being broken. That's such an anomaly. Because that's usually the moment where you're like, how many times did I tell you never to do this? <laughs> <laughs> and like you got your glasses broken, I told you you'd shoot your eye out, all that kind of stuff. But I don't know if you feel that like I did. But like in retrospect, that has become something with which I leaven a lot of my apparent insight about the world. Is just remembering. In retrospect, for me, if I were going to redo it or rethink it, I would say, you know what? Sometimes I just, I, I just don't need your input on this authority figure. Like there's, you have, there's nothing you have to offer on how this went that's going to make. This better or something I can learn from. It's mainly a way for you to just keep, forgive my saying, just keep reiterating the power structure under which I suffer,
0: hmm. and I feel it to this fucking day. You know, my whole—I mean, did you ever, ever? My my persona is based on laughing at a lot of that stuff, right? Like, like. I, I graduated last in my high school and I've, and and that has become a, uh, a slogan for me. Yeah. Uh, and, and, a, and a shorthand way of explaining myself to people. And, and I, and when I say it, I know that. Cause, cause you know how what happens and how it turns out. It's one thing
1: to, for me to say, I failed two classes when I was a senior, after I went to a pretty good college at the time,
0: it stung pretty fucking hard. Well, yeah. And, and, and I know that, I know that the, that the, that the, the impact of that statement lands because it's so unlikely, like the last in your class, how unlikely, uh, and, and yet it's actually true. And I was talking to. To my kid the other day, and I started to do my usual routine, like, you know, oh, well, you know, I graduated last in my class, so let me tell you, I know a thing or two about this and that. And as I was telling the story, I just had the, oh, because she had brought a note home. And she said, Did yeah. you ever have to bring a note home from school? Oh, jeez. And I, and I, and I just suddenly realized, like, that for, six years of my life, I had to bring a note home from school pretty much every day.
1: And mainly about behavior.
0: It was about everything. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I, I was thinking about this in this context. I failed typing three times. That's three F's on my report cards in typing. (laughs) And the way the world was built at that time you could fail, ty- and I know how to type. I taught myself how to
1: type yeah, in Yeah, but you typing. didn't learn, was like me in 10-key. I refused when I had business administration. I didn't learn to touch type. I totally cheated every chance I got. I never learned how to properly do 10-key, all that kind of stuff. But that's presented to you as being about as important as failing three years of
0: English or history. <laughs> well, and what's crazy is that not only could a guy like me who... Who wanted to type for a living? I wanted to be in the in the newsroom with a cigarette and a green visor. You get one of those little cards that says "Press." Yeah, that's what I wanted to do, and I was in there typing like a maniac. I was just doing it wrong, and not only was the world built in such a way that you could give a kid an F in typing, who wanted nothing more than to be a good typist. But that somehow they let me keep signing up for typing and getting another, I got another F. I signed up for it again and got another F and nobody put that (laughs) together. Not the
1: system's fault, John.
0: And then I went back again (laughs) Uh a third time. I have to keep taking typing. When will you learn how to type, John? (laughs) and i got a third f you took the class wrong <laughs> and 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 the thing was there were two typing teachers and i took a class from both of them oh. it's not like it was just me in and i liked them i liked the, i loved being in the class yeah and and as i was telling my kid this i suddenly got really emotional oh geez. because for the first time in my whole life i realized that that wasn't funny and it wasn't funny because she wouldn't, I'm not, I wasn't telling her as a, as a humorous anecdote and I wasn't telling it to her as a, as a warning. I was just described. She was like, did you ever have to bring a note home from school? Cause she had a note and she was ashamed. And I was like, yeah, I did. And pretty soon, this is just on our drive home. I'm like, I failed typing three times. And, I, and So I, you, you started chewing on that in a new way. I felt it for the first time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You felt for what it was rather than just repeating a story. Yeah, and it wasn't. And the thing is that repeating a story began at the time. I'm sure in high school mm-hmm. people were like, you know, hey, how, are you going to the party this weekend? And I had to say, no, I can't. I'm grounded because I got an F in typing. Like it was already funny. It was already national lampoon level funny to me. At the time, even though I was you, getting an F is a, is traumatic. Absolutely, and getting a report card that's all Fs and being told you can't go do things you you're you know you're on permanent restriction. You're going to have to take a note home. Well, until you figure out day. how to straighten
1: it out, John. What the hell's wrong that's with right. you? So other people don't have this problem. Other people's children don't have this problem. What the problem is clearly with you. Nobody fails
0: typing. I was the first person to fail typing in 11 You're years. You're not living up to your potential. And so, yeah, but I felt it for the first time yeah. because it was already a joke when it was happening because that's the only way I could have, could have dealt with it. Right? I couldn't have – what what was my other option? To be sad at yeah. the time? To be 15 and like crying about my effing typing? Nobody – I would have had zero sympathy. They would have been like, well, why don't you do the assignment like you were told? Nobody was cruel. Well, I never at that point, it makes you seem
1: obdurate. It makes, yeah, it, sound like, it makes it sound like you, well, John, we know you're capable of doing this. What's your fucking
0: damage? And that I think that was what was so emotional because mm-hmm. I because I'm talking to her and I'm realizing I spent my entire childhood at war with everyone. At war with all adults. And also all other kids. I was at war with adults over typing. The kids in my life didn't care about that. Uh, The
1: kids in your life reflected a lot of the adults in your life. They're all on the same page uh, in some way, in a way that you're not.
0: Well, yeah, they're all feeling each other's boobies. Absolutely. And I wasn't feeling anybody's boobies either. Mm -hmm. So it's like I'd had all of the, I was at war with all the grownups and I was at war with all the kids. And I was at war with everybody until I don't know when Merlin, maybe when did I stop being at war with everybody? I don't know. Yeah. I don't. I don't know. I mean, I went to war with myself, I guess is what happened after that. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and that's still, those are the voices I hear in the morning, right? Are the ones that became people that lived inside me. But yeah, so I'm sitting there in the car and I, you know, and I pull over and I, and I stop and I'm just kind of staring at the steering wheel because I'm really legitimately moved to be for the first time kind of, uh, sitting with the fact that getting three f's in typing and that's just the smallest little little example you know of because i got f's in everything
1: well and and of a more a less sympathetic or interested person might say well yeah but you turned out okay you're typing now you're typing fine now just let it go
0: yeah right let it go Mm -hmm. um but so so i you know i was i was uh or whatever. What's the, what? Oh, kefl- oh, verklempt. I was, I was verklempt. It's a mitzvah. And now she, and now she, who was, you know, like afraid of her, her note home. Now she has her hand on my arm comforting me. And I'm in, even in that moment thinking, don't put this on her. Don't make this a, a, a thing that she now has to help you. She has to, manage, trying, she has to manage, she has to manage your emotions. <laughs> and then I'm like, wait a minute. No, this is fine. I agree. Like, it's, it's beyond fine. Yeah. It's like, this is completely wholesome.
1: It, I mean, like for me, for like to be an adult and have something pass through all the various, you know, portcullises and, and swamps of your mind to get through and make a point to today version of you, talk about a fucking Buddhist gift. Like, do, just don't reject that. Like, just play with that for a minute because, boy, can it ever be useful in figuring out what your story is now.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: I give yeah, you permission
0: I, if it helps. Well, thank you. Yeah. Thank you. I mean, I don't... I don't it's like anybody who's, uh, who has a bunch of stuff that they haven't... I mean, I w- you would never think, or I would never describe myself as somebody that hadn't dealt with what he'd been through, but... You've made a process in some ways through things like AA, right?
1: You've made a process of interrogating these things straight on very actively. And that's
0: become an aspect of who you are. Yeah. But like you were saying, like stuff sneaks up. You're watching a a TV commercial uh, uh, for Chevrolet where somebody takes their senile grandmother out for a drive and all of a sudden, It's in, you know, all of a sudden you're back at something that you haven't thought of since you were 13 and, and, uh, so the stuff tiptoes in on little, little cat feet.
1: Yes. Yes. Yes.
0: And then I'm like, Oh, what the, wait a minute, wait a minute. I was doing fine. Or, I mean, I'm getting along. Um, I do not want to come unraveled because I suddenly have a new, uh, a new perspective on my whole life. Like, I'm not looking for one of those.
1: Yeah, yeah. One of those things where you're like, you're so, we've all had those, at least I've had those points where I'm like, I'm so frazzled, I'm so vulnerable, everything hurts that's happening. And I'm not trying to make myself look like some kind of like a a, a giant problem, but I, gosh, if you haven't had that, you sure? You sure you haven't had that? You sure you haven't had just more than you can handle right now and things that cause you to not have access to the tools that help you get through the day usually, that is a crisis in in some ways. But I mean, I'm not trying to chuck you on the shoulder, but I do feel like as I get older, I've stopped trying to reject those feelings, which Mm -hmm. I think is something we were very much trained to do. I could go on about this for five hours, but I think part of that is remaining, keeping some emotional plasticity where there's room for that growth to come in and to not just be rejected by some shitty version of you, this nineteen years old,
0: yeah, yeah, well, a couple of people have died recently that that were uh, that played a formative role in my life, and um and you know thinking about just those Those relationships where it's like, oh, wait, this person isn't a Greek god. They only existed for a short amount of time. And when I knew them, that was a very short amount of time. Like I have things in my refrigerator that are older than relationships that i had with people when i was a it teenager be so
1: disproportionate there's just somebody that you ran in like people i ran into when i was 14 and saw like friends of friends of family who like had this huge impact on me they were in their 20s they had a huge impact on me and then they were gone and i never heard from them again but like the, you know what i mean that, that, yeah. that their influence is indelible yeah in like my forming my sense of self like oh my god if i hadn't met them this would be a sliding door situation. I I would I don't know if I'd be better or worse and different, but like, I certainly don't see things with the same, I wouldn't have seen things with the same context and subtlety and breadth of human experience. The shit that I did not have access to at 14. And those people could come in and say shit like, Hey, this is, this is my, this is my boyfriend uh, who's gay and, uh, and I'm straight and I'm kind of wild and I drink a lot. And like the stuff that is obsessing you right now, dude, it's, it's really, it's going to matter less or it's going to matter differently than you could have expected. And like, don't take a chunk out of yourself because your teacher's a piece of shit. Or just, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know how else to describe it, but like, I, there are very much people like that. And then they were gone. Not people I knew for 20 years. And they might have become shit heels because everybody, a lot of people do become shit heels I don't know. But like at that time, boy, talk about a life a life raft.
0: Yeah, I wish that anybody had ever said anything like what, what you just described. No one ever, ever, ever and said. None hey, get it as much as we like. And <laughs> this isn't as big a deal as it sounds. Well, and most of us
1: don't have the ears to hear it when it does happen. Yeah, because I, the 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 fundamental again to go back to my fucking stupid thesis, to get the cultural hegemony. The, 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 what is hegemony? Hegemony is there's culture you don't have to describe. You know who's allowed to park where and be late. There's, that's not written down anywhere. You just know that. And you know what your role is as a kid. And you know or can imagine what the consequences are if you step outside the bounds of what you are constantly not maybe, yeah, yeah, what you're instructed, but what you're constantly shown. It's like the scene in Mean Girls where Katie gets up and is like, goes to the bathroom and the teacher's like, where are you going? She's like, well, I have to go to the bathroom. And I'm like, no, no, you don't just get up and go to the bathroom. You know what I mean? Just those, those kinds of things where you're like, oh, well, this is a weird new thing that I'm not used to is having a rule about when I can urinate. Yeah. And then you're like, wow. So like, there's a whole like structure in place here to be shitty to other people on purpose.
0: I just see it everywhere. I see it everywhere now. I think, I think the one thing that I keep coming back to, uh, with, with, with this stuff is I realize like all of the things that I'm seeing her about to go through that I'm right now making a pact with her where I'm basically saying, look, there's a bunch of stuff about to happen and I'm not going to be the one that punishes you. I'm not going to be the one that tells you. That you have. Which, is,
1: which is very nearly a reverse of what we grew up with in the sense yeah. of, here's a vague constellation of things that I can't really describe to you, but oh boy, do you want to make sure you never piss me off about any of these <sighs> things. And, and you're not saying that you get a free pass to be an asshole, but it is a way of saying like, hey, I, 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 I hope there's a way that I could let you know that... I have no plans right now to try and make you feel bad about this entire area of your life. I'm not going to tell you how to eat food. I'm not going to tell you who your real friends are. I'm not going to offer you the useless consolations that people used to think were useful and and or you know practical, but actually ended up just being a deep critique on who the person is. Not helping. Like I'm just going to be here to be something you can bounce off of, and I can, I'll step in anytime I can step in, but mostly. You know what I mean? Like how do you say that without sounding like a weirdo?
0: Well, I think I think because she's starting to for the first time have people you know, she's at an a, a, a cool alternative school. They're not they're not threatening her like they did me. Right. But but you know <laughs> It's a, a, like
1: like Elaine says in Seinfeld, well how what did you do like to make she's like, Oh yeah, we just make fun of them until they got an eating disorder. That's that's a much more progressive, like affluent way to ruin someone's life.
0: But you know, they are sending letters home and that is, there is a threat implicit to it, which is just like, well. She stepped
1: outside the parameters of what they're comfortable managing and now you need to step in and fix it.
0: Yeah, you get three or four of these and then it's going to be a different colored letter My kids,
1: my kids elementary, my friend, a friend of mine whose kid is a good deal older than my kid. Basically, they said, look, hey, this is the second time we've had to deal with this kid. You need to literally put him on. Ritalin or similar or he needs to find another school no no as in like oh he's wrestles in class And they're like they just jump straight into we got 43 people in here He gets 143rd of the attention and if he takes you know 141st of the attention that's too much
0: Yeah, yeah, so go fix it dad Well, and so what i'm saying to her is look i'm never going to be the one even though there's a lot of pressure on me to to tell you that you, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. I'm yeah. not going to do that. I'm not going to take their side on this. I I'm am not going to carry water for this authoritarian fucking empire that we live in. But I am going to tell you who
1: your real friends are. <laughs> well, uh, the thing is, though, they say <laughs> if they're your real friends, they wouldn't encourage you to smoke mm. reefer or something. Yeah. How oh. do you how do you how do you help your your kid identify who
0: their real friends are and whether it's somebody they should be sad about? That's just. Do you, you have know, a codex that, for that? That's just the fun. Uh, for me, that's the fun part mm-hmm. uh, because you know I'm. None I'm, of them are your real friends. <laughs> have a good. Well, <laughs> and, I'm, and, and it's all about. It's all. <laughs> None of these people will mean <laughs> anything to you in five. Years. It's all about asking questions because she comes to it, right? I say, well, so what did they say? And she says, and then I say, well, so how did that make you feel? And she says, then she says, and I'm like, well, so what did they say to the other person? And pretty soon she's worked it all out, right? It's not a, it's not a. uh, Because
1: you're saying it, and I, I have experimented with this in the past. My kid's been pretty fortunate about those kinds of things, considering, 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 especially, but there's times where I'm like. I feel like we're talking about Seamus from uh, Harry Potter. We're like, Oh, this kid's this and that. And it's like, you know, that kid's fucking Seamus. That kid's an idiot. He probably has a very uneven home life. He's probably experiencing abuse or neglect at home. <laughs> and he's obviously in addition to that,
0: also a piece of shit. So don't listen yeah. to him.
1: I don't say that anymore. Cause I don't think that's that helpful either.
0: But oh, I do no, hate yeah. Seamus. Cause I don't, uh, cause I'm, I'm not trying to process, and you know, not, like you're when, not trying to fix it. Right. When other kids are mean to her, I don't have any interest in telling her that they're mean to her because they suck. I don't have, I'm not there to. They're jealous of you. Yeah. Because when they're mean to her, I, I don't take it personally. And that's, I think what happens. The same way that you wouldn't
1: worry about being yelled at on the internet by somebody who doesn't even attempt to understand who you actually
0: are. Yeah. But like the mean girls don't accept my daughter. That doesn't mean that I was a bad parent or it doesn't, it doesn't trigger when the mean girls didn't accept me. Mm-hmm. I, I look at mm-hmm. it and go, look, I know what happens to the mean girls and often, sweetheart, they're very successful in life. You're going to come back not... from college and they're going to be pushing babies around the mall. Just well, who knows? what You know, they might You're be not even the gonna CEO recognize of, her husband. of a... They're not going to recognize him,
1: he's grown a mustache.
0: A, a big company, they might be rich and happy their whole lives. That's not... Yeah. where married you know, there isn't any instant karma in the world and that's not where we put our energy. <laughs> that's fair. You know. <laughs> All right, fine, whatever. People people do good and they suck and people are, who deserve <laughs> great things often get cancer and die. But the point <laughs> the point for you, little one. Yeah, John and, Lennon was murdered. <laughs> you know, John Lennon he was a misogynist. Yeah. The, uh, the 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 important thing for you, sweetie, is like there is a path for you in life. It's a it is a path that you're going to enjoy, and all all we're trying to do is find it. And it's it's right there. It's obvious. Mm-hmm. It's not it's not hidden under the brush. No one's trying to steal it from you. There's no one trying to block you from it. It's just there. You just have to you just have to walk down the path you want to walk down. And it usually and, and it usually won't kill you. It won't kill you. Right. And seeing her emotions come online and realize, oh, right, teenage emotions, they're not actually connected to things.
1: But even then, like, if you—if the kid seems to have, like, gotten over a little bit, let's say, take your example of, like, the fourth time John has passed typing. I also think, contra a lot of our impulses, in the same way that it's rarely the time to say I told you so, I think that also goes for when someone is temporarily successful because you don't want to present it as there's this skeleton key you found and now just use that. You could, I sometimes I'll just say something like, wow, that must feel really good to be prepared and done early and all of that stuff like, right. or whatever. Like, but like, it's when they say like, wow, you need to get, get them to talk about how that feels. Cause it really does matter. Say what doesn't work is like coming in with your final judgment on them. What that means about how they acted in the past. That's a different kind of slightly more positive shittiness.
0: Yeah, yeah. Interesting. God
1: damn it, John. We're doing the we're we're doing the wrong kind of work. Do you realize how many people we could help with our vague <laughs> suggestions?
0: <laughs> I'm just trying to help the one. Which one? The, the little one. Sorry? No, the little one right oh. here. Who's you know who comes oh. in here and goes? Oh God, oh, everything yeah. sucks. And I'm like, well, let me ask you about that. Yeah. What all sucks? And she's like, oh, I just wanted a. The candy bars are all melted, and I'm like, yeah, I know. That, that does that does suck. Some, you
1: know, sweetie, some days it's chickens and some days it's just feathers. What? I should go. Oh, man, I like that. We went there.